1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Just getting better. Deanna is smitten as she's I getting set it. for the Super Bowl 56 halftime show. Yes, I love it so much. I'm Little so excited. Little Snoop, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige as your headliners. Uh, Eminem, of course. I mean, and who knows who else will. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, we haven't yeah. mentioned him because obviously we're a little, we a little bit older. We do. We're in, we're in that <laughs> demo. Older. But uh, Kendrick Lamar is going to be there as well. So yeah, it is a star-studded halftime show. In fact, I, honestly, I know... This one might this one might rival any that you can put up there. I, I, I was I you know I thought this morning I'm like if if this is what we endured weird sports because of COVID for a couple of years for this halftime show, uh, okay, all right, that's a nice reward. That's so, all I'm going to say. Um, and I do have a update in regards to my. I was going to say, did situation. you talk to your furnace guy? Yeah, um, my guy Richard Camacho called me during the break here and informed me that. Um, the part that he believes they need is uh, looks like uh, not not necessarily back order, but he said so. They have a system that they use, um, and it's constantly updating. However, yeah. it doesn't update on the weekends, the, like the system that they're right, using. So right. right now, they don't have the parts that we he believes we need, um, and thus it looks like. The Meller Super Bowl extravaganza that was tentatively <laughs> scheduled for tomorrow. Anybody who um, had the invite, if you're listening now, uh, this may be off. You, you, they can't wear coats. I mean, listen. <laughs> here's the problem. Just put on yeah. a coat and a hat. Watch the game. It'll it was be great. It was 52 when I left the house to come to the show this morning. Right. Um, and it's currently like what 16 degrees outside right now in the city of Chicago. So a I gotta believe. 16. I gotta believe it's falling. So when I get home. Uh, yeah. Fitlin, listen, it's it's certainly manageable. Yeah. You know, 50, but I don't know if folks are going to really want to, uh, you know, gather around inside the house. I guess, though, too, you know what, though? Maybe I do a little bit of a bigger blowout here. Okay. And, and like, more bodies <laughs> to, to, to create an artificial... Just to keep you guys warm. Like, in the house. Like, I, I mean, don't, I don't hate it. Uh, I don't hate that idea. I'm going to create artificial <laughs> warmth, and maybe as the Super Bowl concludes around 10 o'clock, that could just get me to Monday morning. When hopefully, yes, when hopefully the system that he was telling him, telling me about updates every hour, then on Monday morning during the week, I'll actually have more good news regards to this part I from mean, my furnace. That's I, I like that idea. It would be it would be weird if you moved the Super Bowl party to a bedroom that has heat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, yes, no, no. That's it. That so the upstairs, <laughs> yes, yes, the upstairs actually does have uh, have heat because the upstairs furnace is working fine. So again, uh, we're going to be spending a lot of the time. It looks like in the next uh, over the next forty eight hours oh. upstairs. Now my family's not home, so they're right now in Colorado skiing. They arrive home uh, tomorrow around two thirty, three o'clock. Okay. So that looks like um, I'm going to inform them that, hey, they, they don't have to suffer the uh, cold that I'm going to have to deal with all day today. So we'll have to figure this out. Yeah. that's it, You know, isn't that Not Murphy's ideal. Law that things break on the weekend or Friday or on a holiday? It always feels that it way. It does feel it? that way, doesn't it? Yeah. I hate that. Uh, definitely a nuisance. So, But that's my issue, not yours out there. 312-332-3776. If you want to share with us your plans for the Super Bowl, who are you rooting for? Rams, Bengals, why? We're curious to know. Dion is working tomorrow. I am. So it had, so what do you, so you can only, I, I like that how you mentioned earlier, 
you're going to pretend like it doesn't exist until 5 30, which I love. Because it, people, you, if you're watching ABC 7 tomorrow yes. night at 5 o'clock or at 5.25, a near kickoff, you don't care about the Super Bowl. You care about what we're talking about, which a great we appreciate so very much. And so that's because if you really care, you're watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about the other things that are going on, like the fact that, that Northwestern and Illinois play tomorrow afternoon. Loyola is hosting Northern Iowa at 3 p.m. Which go Ramblers? I love my Ramblers so very much. Um, so you, you, and it sounds like you love the Ramblers more than I do, and I and, I, and I'm actually a Loyola <laughs> alum, which is I, just okay. So this week I did have the privilege and honor of going to the premiere of the Loyola Project. Um, the they hosted a premiere here. They had a, a VIP at Michael Jordan's Steakhouse before, and then we all walked over to the theater to watch it. And um, it's so well done. It is so well done. And but I I was asked six times that night if I went to Loyola, and I had to say no. But I'm just so passionate you know uh i want an honorary degree i will accept an honorary degree of any any field (laughs) all right so i personally did not receive an invite to that event dion you didn't i did not as an alumnus i I did not and uh, because i was unaware that that it was happening i actually did i haven't watched it yet but i did record i know it was on um cbs uh, they Sports just yes. they did a, a sh- I guess a shorter version, but I hear it was There's a two hour version. I, see, no. if, if it was two hours on, Which, then it was because it's I, ninety minutes without okay, maybe, commercials. Yeah, so I think so it was it, it was, it was a two hour block because yeah. I recorded it the other night when I saw it. I think it was did it debut on Monday or it Tuesday? It debuted on Monday. Yeah, and so then I, I saw it and it was um, it had already started. It was like you know eight fifteen eight twenty. I believe it started at eight o'clock that night, and I caught it and I didn't know that it was on, and I saw it on the guide, and I was like, oh, and you know. The uh, astute cable watcher that I am, I know how TV programming works. And I was like, well, it just started. But guess what? If I know anything, this is going to rerun in two hours and I can DVR it from the start. And you found it again. And I was correct. CBS was re-airing it two hours later. So I recorded it and it's sitting on the DVR. And it was actually something that I was probably going to watch at some point today. Oh, great. And and I may may be forced to because it's on the DVR. It's it's one of the few things I can watch on my upstairs television. Well, there you go. Um, No, it is is, But I did not get an invite as an alumnus. And not just an alumnus, Dion. I will have you know that my wife, Michelle, and I were actually the very first couple ever married at Madonna della Strada Chapel on Loyola's campus. The reason being, for the longest time, they were not allowed to have marriages there because it's a chapel. Right. And so, you know, in the the Catholic religion, you usually need to have it occur in a church. In a church, yeah. But they were granted special permission, and my wife and I were actually the first couple Jeff, ever that's married. so cool. It'd be nice to get an invite to a special <laughs> event like that once in a while. It Loyola. Was, I, well, I, I can pull some strings. I'll have to ask Ramblers. questions as to why you were not invited and included. Hmm. Um, Sister Jean and I were in the same theater together, which Look is always you. a special moment. Nice. I know. She said some, a few words before we started. Um, it was, it was, it's really well done. And I, Lucas Williamson, man, that kid is going to be able to run for mayor here. He's hey. amazing. And he narrated. He narrated it, but not just narrated it. Like he, he really bridged that gap between the past and the current. And, and I thought that was really cool. You know cool. what? We're kind of talking, but we, I don't think we've hit on the key point. So in 1963, yes. the Loyola Ramblers won the NCAA title. And since you've seen the documentary, yes. please fill us in on some of the well, details as it, to why it's important because what was going on in the country in regards to civil rights and what was oh, happening. And that teams had to sneak out to play them because they were a predominantly black team. Mm-hmm. And the stories of the things that they dealt with, the racism that they dealt with, that 
the thing that struck me the most leaving that theater was that things have changed, still a long way to go. And that was what was so eye-opening to me, is that you wanted to see that it was so different. Yeah. And that, wow, we've come a long way. Thank God we don't deal with that kind of racism still. And and still we do in some uh, capacities. This, yeah. And Luke, but Lucas had told me before we saw the documentary, he had said that his role in it was was cool because as a young african-american man in our city growing up and and kind of relating to he could relate to this team in a way that that he didn't even know right away and the way the producer did it was he would tell lucas the part of the story that he would be narrating and then he'd say now now go tell me what your thoughts are and because he's in that unique position of playing for loyola and also living in the city and and knowing the times and the history he was able to kind of bridge that gap in a really cool way but his thing was this is a story of hope because it ends in a they win like in the end yeah. they win and and we know that but it just is is such a positive portrayal of going through all of that and then and coming out victorious which is kind of cool now forgive me because I, I the details like you know it's been a while since i've actually really refreshed myself on the story and that's why one of the reasons why i did want to watch it is because i you know i i went to loyola so i know some of the history but Am I correct? They were the first team to have five black players on the court at the same time, correct? correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that is partially, you know, one of the reasons why it is such a significant story. Again, happening in 1963 when civil rights were at the time at the forefront and, you know, maybe, maybe should still be in some ways at the forefront when you consider some of the undercurrents going on in our country right now. So uh, I am very excited to watch and it would have been cool to have seen it uh, (laughs) at that event. They had two showings and you didn't get an invite? No, I'm really sad for you. Maybe the next one, Dion. (laughs) Apparently they uh, they don't have my email, I guess. (laughs) They lost it. Who knows? It makes you feel any better. I work for them and I didn't get an invite Uh, either. Yeah, well, I work in, like with their basketball team you, too. You, you, oh my yes, gosh! Yes, you hear Tyler. Now I uh, feel bad. You hear t- Tyler call a lot of Loyola events. And, uh, you do, and uh, sure enough, no, he didn't. So, you know what? So they can make some improvements uh, in the uh, Loyola PR department as well. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Well, I'm sure I, I was invited by someone who was promoting the film, mm-hmm. so perhaps that's why. I don't know. Huh? A friend of mine, but <laughs> Good. no, hey, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. It would have been fun to go along with you, but hey, <laughs> I, I there was room. I went solo. Like, I didn't even have anyone with. I should have invited you two. Maybe for the next uh, the Instead, next. Instead, I met I met some lovely strangers, there you go. people I had never known before, but made some good connections. Listen, so. you'll always find cool people on the campus of Loyola. There's That's nothing. True. Was it on the campus or where was? No, it, it was here uh, on Michigan Avenue, Jordan Steakhouse, and then at the theater. Okay. Uh, which way? So this you did way. say that. So <laughs> I so yeah. So I I would could have gone. I could have gone right from work. You so could have gone right from work. Even easier for me to get. To. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, again, I'm not mad. I don't care. I'll move I can't on. wait to hear what you think about it, too. I will watch it. It's, it's and very, I will, it is very, very well. I will report back. Let's try Will, who's in Virginia. My man, Will, who will, I actually, hey, uh, he just had he invited me on his podcast, Dion. So oh, Will awesome. is uh, here with us here on Meller & Miller. Will, who are you rooting for this weekend, buddy? Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm pulling for the Bengals just because I like that story so much. And, yeah. you know, being from Ohio... It was weird. I mean, I never would have thought the Bengals would be in the Super Bowl. So it's kind of fun to kind of ride that bandwagon. But uh, but also, if the Rams do win, good for them and good for Stafford. So in my mind, it's a win-win. But I'm going to pull for the Bengals. But I know the Rams are favored. So if they win, you know, good for them, good for Stafford as well. Will, where in Ohio are you from? I lived in Columbus. So I'm not I'm not a Same. Bengals fan. But, I, yeah, I lived in Columbus for years. So uh, And I've been in Virginia for a long time now. But, yeah, so – Living in Ohio, it was always a Buckeye town, still is, yep. but Bengals, Browns, it was like they were never really relevant or good at the same time or really much at all. So, you know, now it's like, okay, I have to kind of pull for that story a little bit. 
Yeah. And, uh, no, the Buckeyes are the pro team in Columbus. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, do me a favor. Check out uh, Will Chase's podcast. I tweeted a link to it. He uh, had a long conversation with him earlier this week, a lot about the Super That's Bowl. Awesome. So make sure I'll you check guys it check it out. There's lots of Super Bowl uh, stuff there as well. Um, he mentioned either way, right? Burrow, Stafford. I think Sean McVay, there's a either way, if you're kind of an unbiased washer of this, there's two very good storylines coming out. Because, oh, for sure. Because Burrow, you know, could be the, you know, he's on the cusp of becoming, you know, if not already, one of the faces of the league, especially when you consider sure. Tom Brady is now retiring, we think, right? Yeah. And, you, <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers is getting closer and closer to the days where he won't be uh, a face anymore. So, we know Patrick Mahomes is clearly, you know, the face. Josh Allen, I think, still kind of needs to um, become, you know, at the forefront of, the, you know, in the zeitgeist of other people's minds because he's still in Buffalo. So even though we as football fans know who he is, he still, I think, has a little bit ways to go. But Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. I mean. Because of his flair, has found a way to kind of break through, I think. And if has. he wins. My, my favorite thing he said this week, his advice to young players and athletes or whoever, young people, was stay off social media don't be so into that he said do your work on friday and saturday and like let them talk on sunday and i just man i love that no absolutely it is great advice uh and i listen like there's lots to talk about with this game we'll do so with you if you'd like to join in 312-332-3776 i'd like to talk a little more about joe burrow and what this could mean and why it actually is i think um paramount for him to get the job done because we all just assume that, you know, he is so good. I just, he looks so cool smoking a cigar, too. Like, let's oh, yeah, just make the, that happen again. <laughs> with the fur coat, too. Oh, right? man. No doubt he's, about just, it. he's his own person. I love it. All right. So we are getting set for Super Bowl 56. We are under 30 hours away from kickoff. I am Jeff Meller alongside Deanne Miller. And I also want to tell you why the Bengals actually play a significant role in my football fandom. Oh, do tell. I'm sticking around for that. I will tell you about that <laughs> next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Welcome back. Meller and Miller here for you on a chilly February day. Yeah, I got chilly real quick. Yes. From yesterday. Yesterday, I was so bold with the faux spring that we endure here that I was like, I, I want to wear a skirt. I'm going to really like own it. And by the end of the night, I was running from the UC to my car. It was that cold. And uh, <laughs> it, it lulled me into a false sense of security without the furnace. I'm not going to lie because now all of a sudden. Well, all right. So I have a question for yes. you because I saw it on the social. Somebody was like, what? No fireplace at your house, Jeff Miller? You have a fireplace? So, yes, you uh, you pointed out uh, on Twitter, uh, Dave Farley, uh, or not, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, no, no, Jonathan Carr, I apologize. Yeah. yeah, he asked the question, so no fireplace in the home. You know what, Jonathan? That is a great idea, my friend. I will be honest. I have never, never lit How my fireplace. You? You've never lit the fireplace? Not in this current home. So in my previous home, when I was, so my wife and I lived in Wanakee, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, which is right next to Madison okay. for about an eight, 18 month period. And we had a fireplace there, which we would frequently, you know, use once a week at least. Right? Wood or electric? That was electric. Electric. Okay. And so when we moved back to Chicago, we're in LaGrange. Um, we've been here for about probably approaching three and a half, four years now. 
And and you've never lit the fireplace? It's 12 degrees outside right now. How would you? How, that would be my first thought. But so here's the thing. The heat is, it gets pretty hot sometimes in my, in my house fairly quickly, especially in the family room where the television is. Okay. Uh, you know, the television is mounted right above the fireplace. So I, there's just never really been like, you know, because it gets hot fast when you, when right. you get the fireplace yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the old house, it was, you know, it was bigger space. So if we turned it on, it wouldn't, you know, that's the one thing about the fireplace is once it gets going, it gets hot quick, right? Yeah. Sometimes. And so even though it's, you know, if you're cold in the winter, it's nice to huddle around the fireplace. But then if you've you got it going for a while, all of a sudden you're like, boy, it's hot in here. You start ripping off clothes, right? Right. Around the house. So, right. so we've just never really found the need to do it. And it's a little bit of a hassle, but I may get it going tonight. We do That's a, a fire point. just about every night in our fireplace. Wood burning. I love it. It's very, um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I don't always sit down in front of it because I'm like a busy bee and I mm-hmm. have so many things to do. And sometimes my husband's like, look, dude, we built a fire. What are you doing? And I'm running around the house. But I just love <laughs> well, the way it commitment. looks. I'll give you the wood. It's, Boy, uh, that's... It is. Well, we use the little fire starters. Yeah, yeah. We need sponsors. But you still got to still, still add the wood, right? You got to keep no, it you going. Do. You do. And, and you have to get seasoned That's, wood. And, and, you have you're, to, and you're just ignoring it. You're, you're, you're bouncing I around am. the house. Oh, no. There's so many times where we're like, oh, crap, the fire died. I got to start again. Yeah. But I love to have a fire, especially when it's super cold. And we're now our TV is near, not mm-hmm. above. Yeah. It's near. But um, especially when you're watching sports and you're all like cuddled on the couch. I love a fire. I can't believe you've never lit your I, fireplace. I'm, I'll Today go home. is I, the day. I will send you a photo. I, I will hope go you home. And I think, yeah, if. If any television watching will be done on the main floor, yeah. it is going to have to be done with a fire today, whether well, I like it or not. I just hope that you don't have to call a, any a fireplace person in because it's been so long since you've turned Ugh. it on. Touche. What if it doesn't work? You know what? Is this a switch? How have you never done this? I am stunned. In this house, there's been no need to do it. Three the, and a half years. The, we've had a polar vortex wait, so do you in have the last three years. Electric or, or a wood fire? This one's electric, and yeah. And yes. So will it work? That's, That's what she what was I'm just saying. asking the question. Yeah. I guess you know what we'll find out. Will it work <laughs> though if the furnace is out? I don't know. Because wouldn't that be the the main Who's source of heat? Where it comes from? Here, here's the question. So the good news is I have a second. I don't know. Which we'll find <laughs> out which one the fireplace is connected to, whether it's yeah, downstairs or upstairs open, furnace. Open a door or something just in case. It's like, just, you know, just in be case safe. there's an explosion. Just be safe, yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> the know door's what, open. What you'll be safe, Meller. <laughs> I don't know what that would do. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it would do anything. I just feel like you should be really safe. All like, right. Maybe we will. We, don't maybe, do maybe, crazy. Not, maybe today will not be the first day we uh, try the You have to try fireplace. it. You don't have any heat. You have to try it. Again, though, I think Tyler makes a good point. It's probably connected to the downstairs furnace. It's, pro- it's probably connected, yeah, based on the way the how house the layout. Work? I don't know how that works. Listen, we're, 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 we're really getting it <laughs> into the depths of my Call your heating knowledge. guy back. Let's get him on. Ask oh, him you know, these questions. He, he's going to swing by it, too, so I will ask him if he has yeah. any knowledge of uh, my fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get this working yet. Okay, so you mentioned something that you want to tell us yeah, about the Bengals. Yeah, so Bengals-Rams, and the Bengals uh, play an important part in my role of football fandom because... Believe it or not, Dion, the first Bengals football game. Bengals fan outside game, on State Street. Go Bengals. Them. The, first, <laughs> the first football game I actually have knowledge uh, or remember watching is the 49ers Bengals Super Bowl in 1990, the 1989 season, when Joe Montana led the comeback. Oh, yeah. The two minute, uh, was a two minute and 16 second comeback for the 49ers to beat the Bengals. I was, uh, I would have been nine years old. It's the first game I remember watching. Now, I'm sure I watched other no games, kidding. right? But the first, 
like actual knowledge that sticks in my head that I remember was the 49ers against the Bengals and Boomer Esiason versus Joe yeah, Montana. Yeah. Of course, Icky Woods. Of course. And James Icky Brooks. Shuffle. Yep, yep. So I remember that game kind of like, and, and that, that's the one that kind of cemented my, okay, this football stuff is fun. Because no I remember actually, as soon as the game was over, um, my friends and I, Went out to play football in this. We, we, it was such a great game. Of course. Remember that we went out uh, on the street and played played street football, basically That's with the Nerf awesome. football. And we probably played, you know, for another hour after the game. Um, we always did that, but that's the one that just really, for me, cemented, okay, football, I like football. I'm going to keep watching this stuff. So Bengals 49ers, so Bengals Rams. And how about this? I'm rooting for the Rams. <laughs> no, that Completely doesn't seem unrelated. right at all. That is That doesn't seem right at all. Now, the first time I remember football meaning a lot to me mm-hmm. was the drive. I cried. Oh, I cried as a Browns fan. John I would, Like, I can still picture... Wide receiver Webster Slaughter walking off the field in defeat. I can still picture it because I had tears in my eyes as a nine, ten year old as well. And it, I've been a Browns fan ever since. Was that the first uh, sporting that's, event you remember crying? That's the one I remember crying. Yes, yeah. for sure. Because I just thought they were going to win. I thought they were going to win. And mm. Bernie Kosar still to this day can do no wrong in my mind. <laughs> it's the last time we had a real quarterback. In Cleveland. Well, mm. I guess Baker Mayfield is close, but no, it's been a no. rough, I, I, you still have rough go. still no quarterback since Bernie Kosar. <laughs> I know. I know. There was that one Derek Anderson season. Yeah, one. I'm, one. I'm just saying. That's kind of how Bears I mean, fans feel. Yeah, there was that one. There was that one Eric Kramer season. Well, do we feel any better now that we have Luke Getze in town and he's ready to develop Justin Fields? Do we feel better about this? Uh, that I'm is not a, sure. I'm, know, I'm, I want to be so excited, Jeff Miller. I want to be like... I used your full name, so you know I'm really passionate. I really want to be excited about this coaching staff. Well, Dion Miller, that's a great little radio trick for the listeners out there who don't necessarily know who they're listening to. So when you slip oh, in, Jeff right. Miller, okay. Dion well, then Miller, I'll just keep doing it. That, yeah, just lets them know, hey, that's who I'm listening to. So it's a little radio trick there for okay, you. Well. Um, you know what? That's a great question. How do Bears fans feel? I'm a, I'm encouraged. I are you? Do, what encouraged with, you with the Luke, most? With Luke Getze. Okay. And the pairing with Justin Fields, from what I've heard. We, you and I were on for the Bears Bonanza the day that the Bears introduced uh, – what day were we on? I'm trying to remember. We were oh, so, when so we, we were, knew they had hired the coach. Correct. And, we were on a couple times. Him, yeah. We were on when George McCaskey was meeting the media, telling us that he had uh, parted ways with Ryan and Matt. And then we were also on <laughs> when, when we, the Bears were introducing that they have now their new Ryan and Matt. Yeah. So um, – <laughs> but this, The most bizarre coincidence. But anyway, go oh, ahead. Ryan and Matt are our football <laughs> – Guys, always and forever, Dion. Whether okay, we like then, it or not. Uh, let me just say, on Thursday, it got uber confusing because it's Matt Eberflus replacing Matt Nagy, but Getzy comes from working with Matt Lafleur, so he kept saying like Matt, Matt and I Matt. was like, dear Lord, who are we talking about? I'm so confused. It's a great point. Uh, <laughs> Luke Getzy did on Thursday meet the media. You bring it up, so let's play uh, for the for the listeners out there who didn't get a chance to consume some of their new offensive coordinator's philosophy. He uh, he let us in a little bit, and this is uh, from Luke Getzy on Thursday. The beginning of this thing when we tried to establish that identity, or you know, we're, we're established a culture first, but then we're going to dive into this identity, right? That's going to be driven by the personnel, the coaching staff, and we're going to become something. There's not one specific answer to that right now. Um, We have to dive into what everybody does best, right? And it starts with the quarterback, right? This is a quarterback-driven offense. So the things that the quarterback position does well, that's going to be the driver of who we are. And then we're going to marry that to what the other guys on the football field do well. I mean, that's the the purpose of the offense coordinator, right, To, to dive into what the people do well, what they do best, and then and then uh, build the the, uh, the offense around that. 
I just like it when I listen to my offensive coordinator or play caller. They say things that seem logical to me and also when they inform me and maybe even enlighten me and teach me something. And I do feel like I'm getting that from Luke Getze initially. So that is why I'm encouraged. Matt Eberflus, we talked about it the day of. I'm not sold. I I don't know that I am either. I want to be. Like I've said, I want to be. Listen, we're Bears fans. You know, we we cover them. We'd like to see them do good because when they do good, everything is better. better. Winter is better. Everything's better. But bet, but Matt Eberflus does not instill a whole lot of confidence in me, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt to see how it works out. But I'll admit, I would be surprised, at least initially, if Matt Eberflus gets a second contract here. That's my feeling. Wow. Well, let's wait and but, see. Uh, listen, yeah, but that's not, I'm open Here's, to the possibility. I do I do like what Getsy said. I do think he has the right approach. I He reserved any sort of judgment on Justin Fields until he gets to know him better, a little bit better, which everybody kind of has, which is interesting to me. I'm like, that is intriguing to me because I felt like Nagy and Pace were so like, this is it, man. We got the, you know, like trying to save their jobs, obviously. But it just is, I'm, I I, I think, I think Getsy is going to be really good for him. I've heard from a friend who works for the Packers who said he's an, a tremendous person. We're going to love him as much as what we've heard from Flus as well. So, mm-hmm. I think, but he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. No, th- listen, we don't know if he does. If he has like the second coming of that sort of quarter or a, that kind of an elite quarterback, obviously sure. different. But that's un- that's undeniable. But you're right. Look, it was it was a prudent approach to you know reserving judgment on Justin Fields. I, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace had no choice because right. they were. This is what they. they did. That was it. They, it was desperation time. Totally, so they needed totally. Fields. They needed to try and sell him. This is Luke Getzey on Justin Fields. Well, I'm just going to reflect more on what I what I can actually have concrete and that's i got an opportunity to interview him during the combine stuff last year that process super impressed with the man the person um you can feel the determination the will inside of him as he was communicating to me he was super sharp with what they did at ohio state um and then just again just a brief conversation that we were able to have together here the other day the same exact thing just jumped back out at me again so um i'm looking forward to getting to know him deeper obviously but I'm, 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 I'm very optimistic about the type of person that he is. And um, I think the will and the desire that he wants to be a great leader too. So I think it's a really cool opportunity with a young guy who, who, who I think has a, a really good drive. Smart way to approach it. Comment on what you can. Yeah. And don't try and sell fans on something that you're not sure is there yet. No, you're right. It, it sounds very honest, very, um, very natural and authentic in, in his assessment at this moment. And I liked that. I like that. He said, I, I, I met him, and this is this that that's the impression he immediately left on me. So that's good. Uh, one thing I learned about Justin Fields yesterday: mm-hmm. he's vegan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, what was that response? You're like, yeah, maybe. No, I just, I da- yeah. Danny Zetterman and I think uh, protein is an important part of your diet, and being a vegan, the, I, the, the I do for, too. The, the forms of protein you're getting is uh, not always. I don't want to uh, turn this into a uh, vegan, vegan bashing party. So. No, I just I was surprised by that. Yeah, That's no, all. Yeah. I didn't anticipate that. But then yeah. I'm wondering, like, is he doing like That's TV, actually- TV 12 <laughs> supplements? Like, is he because wasn't Tom vegan or vegetarian? No, was he? I don't, I, I don't think he was vegan. I don't know. I, I feel like he, he had eat, a uh, really he just ate a lot of green stuff. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah that's but, right. but I think he did get, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like my quarterbacks to eat uh, red meat once in a while, but that's just me. We'll see what. Okay, well, listen, if hey. he's productive on the field, I'll, I'll 
It, you, I, it won't bother you. become like, vegan. I'm concerned. No, I, no, I won't. No, I won't ever become vegan. Good I suggestion. promise you. But what? So, I promise so because you, Tyler he doesn't Aki, want. It, I will never become vegan. So because he's eating. Uh, what what are those burgers called? The the impossible burgers. Impo- yeah, because he's eating an impossible burger, he can't quarterback the Bears. I'm just concerned about the uh, strength long term. I'm not. The, uh, I'm protein not. is not. The veggie from tray the, over here but, is not concerned. No, no surprise there, <laughs> Deanne Miller. I'm Jeff Miller. This is Miller and Miller with a special Super Bowl edition here on Saturday. Up next, though, the NBA trade trade deadline came yeah. and went without the Bulls doing anything, but. I'm going to tell you, Deanne, why through no fault of their own. I think they were the big losers on Thursday. <gasps> do tell. We'll do that next. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Yeah! This is a good song, too. Bruce, eh. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's... It's not Mary J. Blige and Dr. Dre. It's uh, new. I, I, that's tolerable. <laughs> barely, okay. Barely. Hey, how much it, coffee do you drink? I've been wondering to ask you this. Because we both are... Um, like we said last week, Peggy and I bond over the amount of wine we drink. Mm-hmm. And then you and I share our love for straight black coffee. I like wine too, but yes. yes. Uh, in terms <laughs> we of, have just not talked about that This yet. is true, yeah. We, unfortunately, the... Uh, Bears pre-game didn't really allow us to get deep into our love for wine. So no. you're right. It was that was generally more of a, a coffee conversation. But uh, I do a, like a pot a day. Yeah, by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. My, well, I thought about that this morning. I don't think my wife has ever drank coffee. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. I also have never had coffee in my Tyler, life. Tyler, like, I cannot uh, believe this. Um, Merkin has never had coffee. Randy really? Merkin, who works here, yes, I know. I didn't it's know just, you could work in this business and not drink coffee like it's water. It's a situation. Do you have any caffeine uh, addiction, Tyler, Tyler, that you work with? Uh, no. A substitute? No. Uh, listen, good to you. More power to you. Don't get started. You know what I know? I, the reason I know this is because my wife does not drink caffeine. Was At all? Nope. Uh, she, oh, my word. <laughs> she, I guess. Um, She's amazing. I That's guess, amazing. I guess apples have a small dose of caffeine in them. So Really? Yes. I, I, it's probably not nearly enough for anybody who has any coffee in their daily. Or I don't know if it's caffeine, but I think it is, though. I th- but anyway, apples can be a, a slight substitute if you don't consume caffeine. If you oh, eat an okay. apple, it can give you a little bit of a pick, pick you up. Wow. Pick okay, up, so, so. so this morning, so my husband out of town this morning, so I made a pot of coffee. Mm-hmm. I brought two travel thermoses with me, and I'm going to consume the whole thing myself. Be- well, yeah, but that's a pot, right? It's a pot, yeah. But uh, now we do. This I know. is why. How many ounces is that? So if you can see on Twitch, th- it's huge. It's it's. It's a good a pot. Yeah. Is it what? This is so I, that's no, a coffee no, tank. That's yeah. a tank. <laughs> it's the a in- tank. The right. In- the entire pot will fit inside this uh, thermos here, and I will uh, shout out to uh, Danny Zetterman, the director of content, who bought me this for Christmas a couple years ago. Oh, brilliant! Because for years. I would just uh, bring in four cups of coffee, four four thermoses full of coffee, basically oh, my entire pot of coffee. Right. And Danny just got, he's like, got fed up looking at me, you know, uh, trudging, like right, walking right. into work with like a, <laughs> like a, like an arm full of four different coffee mugs. And so he's like, you know what? This is the perfect. And it was. It is it's, perfect. It's probably one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever received from our director of content, Danny Zetterman. So uh, yeah, I just fill it up every morning, usually, you know. 
And, and there's, like I said, it, it'll fit an entire pot. Yeah. Which, what is that? 64 ounces? I'm I trying have to think. No it's, 12, idea. it's 12 cups, right? 12 cups, yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and whatever. I you know sometimes people try and shame me for drinking too much coffee. And I know. I, I, ju- I, do, I, just, I do drink too much coffee. But I enjoy the taste. Like, it's not just because I'm trying to stay awake because it I'm, does nothing for me. I'm essentially black coffee and water. That's my beverage consumption. See, no, and, wine, and wine. And wine. And wine. But well, black coffee, red wine. Um, well, I'm not really that respectful i are just i i'm not gonna turn down many wines but mostly red wine mm-hmm. black coffee i do like soda though nah, soda okay. water Lacroix. um also coke zero is really good like cold like uh, yeah there are some days where i'll look down and i've got like five drinks going at one time yeah so that's I, a lot going on but anyway i just always wondered that because i yeah you, you see me with a lot of coffee that is a lot of coffee, right. lot of yeah. coffee. yeah yeah so no but i try but that's it one pot and that's usually good for the day. So yeah, and I don't always finish it. So okay. I usually do, but not always. There's a, I know actually this morning I had to um, dump out a couple, you know, because it was still left from yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. so I had to rinse it out and dump it out and then repour it. So coffee. my husband and I both enjoy coffee, and so there are several, especially when it's super cold outside, two pot days in our house. Mm. We we do some half calf. Wow, this is a deep conversation. I didn't mean to. We do that's some. Right. We do mix in decaffeinated beans because we feel like that is better i don't know either way it's not keeping me awake it's not keeping me awake i tried to watch a movie with my son last night we started at 8 30 well, i was out well, by like 9 15 truth be told so <laughs> but when did you when was your last cup of coffee yesterday oh gosh um like noon yeah see yeah had you yeah. had you thrown see yesterday yesterday i was actually tired and uh rare occasion but i actually did Make a half pot of coffee yesterday. Okay. And because I was like, I want to work out. So I I actually did get myself a second pot going yesterday, half pot. And um, I drank that around four o'clock or so. Okay. And and five o'clock, I was ready to go hop on the Peloton and get a workout in. So um, what is your coffee of choice? Duncan. Okay. The, we actually buy the Dunkin' Beans to have at home, too. Yes, it's yes. It's my favorite, yeah. I, I was a long-time Dunkin' guy, and I did the same thing for a long, long time. I'm trying to think. I don't know. What, what's the whole So are you familiar with the Hawaiian? Um, like a Kona blend yes, or something? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's some, I can't even remember the, uh, is it uh, K-A-H-L-U-I or something? I don't even know. Okay. Whatever. They, they oh, sell it. Kahlua. At, yeah, is it? But is it, it's not is Kahlua, it? though. No, it's not Kahlua. It's like, it looks like Kahlua, but it's not, Kahlua is the alcohol. Right. Um, it's just like <laughs> Kalai or something. Okay. Uh, oh, right, right. But it looks like that. Yeah. I got you. So, yeah, yeah I've been uh, purchasing that I for... I that was Kahlua. Whoops. <laughs> no, no, no. Kahlua is the... isn't Because Kahlua is the alcohol, but... Right. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, the Bulls are losers, Dion Miller. The Bulls are Back losers. The Bulls are losers, Dion Miller. I, I I don't care about the sports, but I just want to because we did mention. Right, it, so right, we did. No, no, no. Let's follow through. Eventually, the Bulls are losers, not because they didn't make a deal. They're losers, in my opinion, because the Ben Simmons, James Harden trade that yeah. the Seventy Sixers and Nets came to an agreement on makes. Two more teams in the Eastern Conference viable championship contenders, in my opinion. That's true. I don't think the Nets were on a path where they were going to truly be that. And I think moving James Harden away from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who are both very ball dominant players, giving them Ben Simmons, who really doesn't want to shoot the ball. You right. know, he just he'll take the layups when they're there, but he wants to be um, a great defender and uh, you know somebody who can pass the ball. So. I think Ben Simmons is a better fit with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and that makes them a, diff- a more difficult out in the playoffs, especially, too, when you consider Seth Curry mm-hmm. is a great shooter added to that mix. And 
Ben Simmons wasn't playing for the 76ers. Right. And now you've added James Harden with Joel Embiid. And I understand that the fit may not be ideal because Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid is so good and he may win the MVP this year. He, you, you want the ball in his hands. But the truth is, at times they struggled to score in the fourth quarter and close out games. And that is exactly what James Harden excels at. Right. So I think the Bulls are losers, not because they didn't do anything, but because two teams in their conference got a lot better. Well, now, Zach Levine would argue that once they're healthy, he said to us yesterday, he said, mm-hmm. I, I would put us up against anybody in the East, and I believe that we can get where we want to go. The pieces are all here. We have enough, Miss Tom Thibodeau. We have enough. So, and, and I agree, because how, they've rarely been at full strength. Correct. Here's my argument. They have rarely been at full strength from go. Patrick Williams is an out from go. Mm-hmm. So they have not even put all those pieces together to see what it looks like on the floor. And they're still right there. They're a game and a half out. I get frustrated sometimes when you hear national uh, reporters and national analysts talking about the Eastern Conference and looking at the players in the Eastern Conference, and they don't even mention the Bulls. Like, it's almost like no one really believes in them, except they do. Sure. And so I feel like I feel like they are setting themselves up to to really make a run when they're healthy. And yesterday we saw Lonzo Ball making progress. We saw Alex Caruso making progress. Patrick Williams was on the floor at the UC doing some things that we haven't seen in a while. So I, I do feel like it's coming. I'll say this. If they're healthy and Ball and Caruso and Williams are all playing in the playoffs, I'm certainly more optimistic about their chances. And I'm not going to say they can't. But if I were, if even if everybody's at full health, for the most part, the other teams are at full health as yeah. well. For me, it's not just, though, the Nets and 76ers, but also the Bucks. Those are three teams yeah. in the Eastern Conference who, even though I, listen, I love watching the Bulls. What I they've do done too. this year. It's so fun. Last night was phenomenal. Yeah. Watching uh, Javante Green do what he did. Yeah. Right? Like, like that's, they're a fun team to watch. They are super fun. But this is regular season basketball. And when we get to the playoffs, those other three teams, I would still prefer if I had to pick a winner above the Bulls. And again, Hope I'm wrong. Hope yeah. they can, you know, give you that defensive atten- intensity that Alex Caruso is so critical. You know, yes, having him so there, so critical. Uh, and I, I, ho- I hope that they can go ahead and surprise everybody, right? And the pundits that are not talking about them across the league, well, they'll get familiar with them. Yeah. I hope that's the case. But that trade for me, the Harden Simmons deal, made both the Nets and 76ers teams that are bigger concerns now after the trade deadline than I thought they were beforehand so that's why here's what i what i thought thursday as the trade deadline came and went and the bulls did nothing i felt like unlike many gms in this city that ak has earned our trust that quickly and so i'm not i'm not questioning him like i have many others like we're still maybe still questioning a george mccaskey or still questioning Mm -hmm. others in our city i he is that fast earned the trust that i'm like i think he knows what he's doing yeah no i believe him and i great point i completely agree with you on that um and, and I, truth be told, I don't know if there was a deal out there to be made for the Bulls no, that would have been worthwhile right. and would have changed the direction of their team. Because I agree with Zach Levine's assessment that if they're going to win, I think they probably have on their roster right now what they need to to get it done. Yeah, it's Certainly some more interior defense would be helpful, but at what cost, right? I don't want them to trade Patrick Williams. There's no. so much upside you know, there. You know, maybe, listen, if... Even though he he played really well last night to Kobe White. If there was a deal where you said to me, you know, a first round pick and Kobe White maybe got a deal done, I would have been open to that idea because I do think going forward, paying both Io and Kobe when they're both going to be restricted free agents at the same time, I think that's going to be a difficult ask for this franchise. Uh, Yeah. So I would have been open to that. 
But I'm not sure the deal was on the table for the Bulls to go out and make themselves a championship team anyway. Here's here's what I will say. The, the one thing that's been so fun about the Bulls is the chemistry that they're building. And Levine said yesterday, we're still building that. Like, we're we're still new. These We're still a new team. We're still getting to know each other. So that the fact that they're having this kind of success that quickly, I feel like the opportunity is there to just continue to grow once they get healthier. And that... That's exciting. That's I kind of want to get behind that. Regular season Bulls hoops this year, this year has been great to watch. We'll get another chance at it tonight, 7 o'clock, as they host Oklahoma City. Yeah. So another opportunity to watch the Bulls hopefully put on a fun display for us. Uh, also going on right now, Dion, while we uh, anxiously await the Super Bowl, is the Olympics. Yes. And I'd like to talk about that for a moment before we wrap things up here. And also just uh, an unbelievable story about a 40-year-old snowboarder who had a crushing disappointment, and his post-run interview was just devastating oh. to listen to. But you know what? It's part of the reason why we love sports, watching yeah. people give everything they have. You must listen to us. Listen to this. I promise you won't be disappointed. Nick Bumgarner, the 40-year-old snowboarder who came up just short the other night, you'll want to listen to his yeah. reaction to this. We'll do that next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. I love the State Street studio for so many reasons because we get to see people walking by, but it's definitely that moment in winter and it's that cold that everybody has that look on their face like, oh my gosh, get me indoors as fast as I can. That was exactly my thought. They liked, like, oftentimes when we're inside the first Midwest Bank studio here on State Street on ESPN 1000, people will, like, congregate a little bit, kind of check out for a minute or two, see what's going on, and that is cool. And you get a wave a lot of times. Sometimes people take a little selfie. That's always fun. But, you're right. It's at a point where it's so cold out. People will, they will turn their head and they will glance and they'll maybe rubberneck too as they keep walking yes. though, because they're not going to stop. <laughs> There's it's no too stopping. Cold out. There was one time I was on a trip with a church youth group or whatever. We were in a big city and they were like, always walk with a purpose, you know? And I feel like that's everybody outside yes. right now. I was like, get me to point B, the per- A to B. The a purpose to B. is get inside as fast as possible. <laughs> walk with a purpose. All right. So the Olympics are currently taking place and the agony of defeat, the thrill of victory. We hear it all the time if you're familiar with sports and Nick Baumgartner, who is a 40-year-old snowboarder, finished yeah. in third place and was just devastated. You have to hear his post-run interview. This was what night? Uh, this was on Thursday. Thursday. And this was heartbreaking, but it is very compelling to hear what an Olympic athlete goes through. Nick, I know this wasn't the outcome that you were hoping for. You worked so hard in this offseason. Uh, you had a great run out there, just fell short in the end of the race. What's going through your mind right now? Heartbreak. <laughs> I don't think people know how much we put into this. I put so much time and effort, and then one little mistake, and it's gone. I'm 40 years old, I mean, I'm running out of chances. I got such so much support back home, and I feel like I let them down. And it, this one stings. This one hurts. It's been really fun to watch you throughout the years, Nick. Do you think we'll see you in the future? What are your thoughts on that right now? I know you probably need to process it. I ain't stopping on this. I got to do something better to end with. Oh, man. I just feel bad. 
so much effort and it's just a big letdown and I mean I'll keep going. I mean it's what we do. You fight through the adversity. Just just heartbreaking to oh hear. Oh my him, gosh. Right? I just want to cry with him. It like makes me tear up. That what? is and you know that, that it's like that. They work so hard and one tiny mistake four, and that's it. I mean, and if each Olympic event, four years of training, but obviously a lot of these people have put in lifetimes worth of training. Yeah. And just to hear him devastated like that. But Dion, last night, late last night, Saturday morning in China, Nick Bumgarner won his first gold medal oh, in amazing. the first ever uh, duo snowboarding event along with Lindsay uh, Jacobelli's. She's 36. Nick is 40. Oh, they also became the oldest duo to uh, the now the oldest medalist in Olympic snowboarding history. So as devastated as he was on Thursday night and is, you know, gut wrenching to hear that sound, to hear an athlete so broken hearted. Turns out good news. He won a gold medal yesterday. Night. I have to admit, I have not watched much Olympics at all, but that now makes me want to tune in because those stories are just unforgettable. I yeah. will never forget that. And that's really cool that he was able to turn it around that fast and win his medal. Dion Miller, it has been fabulous working with you. It's been so fun, Jeff. I love it. No, you got to go Jeff Miller. Jeff Miller. Um, Jeff Miller, thank you. A special Super Bowl rendition of Miller and Miller. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much to Tyler Aki behind the glass. And for your son. Cash, thanks for being here, buddy. Cash, taking care of the Twitch monitor for us today. Thanks to him. (laughs) Folks, enjoy the Super Bowl. Make sure you watch Dion on the post-game coverage. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, that too. So enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening, folks, on ESPN 1000.